Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping! I tried to like pull some cheer in. I was like, why? Yeah, you had a big old smile. I tried. Hi, Trin. Oh, this is Friendshipping, and the theme this week is... A professional services from your friends. Yes. Excellent. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Are we having an off day? Um, you know, yes. We were, we just had like a 45 minute discussion about the Netflix series Cheer. Yes. And I would describe it as eloquent and deep and interesting and then as soon as you put a microphone in front of my face i'm like i don't we literally talked like just in the studio not recording about this documentary for like 45 minutes yeah and yeah uh, you're welcome for not putting it on the show because it was full of spoilers but jen and i we don't want to record friendshiping we just want to hang out i know i feel like i have so much more to say about the show and my feelings about it are probably going to keep evolving yeah me too okay so there's this documentary on netflix called cheer and it's about elite cheerleading uh, and lots of people get hurt, and Jen has a very different take on it because Jen was an athlete in college. I don't think our takes are very different. I think we're we're pretty much aligned on how we feel about so, some of the people involved. I 100% agree that we would not argue, but yeah, I think yeah. that we focused on different aspects of it. Totally. I mean, we both found the amount of injuries pretty disturbing. It was <laughs> like, at a certain point when there are injuries that happen repeatedly and crazily like that, you have to start admitting that the sport is not intended for human beings to do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I admit I thought the driving force behind the documentary before I saw it. So having not watched it, just like saw, I just assumed like this is going to teach me a lot about cheerleading, which it did. And it's going to make me have new respect for all the people involved, because I'm sure for sexist, uh, misogynistic reasons, we all think cheerleading is stupid, blah, 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 blah. And it did give me a lot of respect for the people involved as athletes. And it also made me terrified for them. Oh, yeah. And want them to maybe put helmets in bubble wrap around all of them. Jen, I can't believe I did not mention this one time the entire time we talked about cheer. What? My mom was a cheerleading coach and was a cheerleader. Really? I forgot oh. to say that. I came into the documentary already knowing a lot of this. That's so interesting. Yeah. I was shocked. Maybe no. I shouldn't have been. Like it would, it didn't shock me just because like I remember when I was in high school or maybe even younger because my mom has she was a PE teacher for a variety of different ages right um, and she did she was the cheerleading coach in, in high school for a while and I remember her saying things to me like <laughs> wow I re whoa <laughs> I remember we would go to a game uh, of like one of my cousins it was a cheerleader and she's like real cheerleading is nothing like this. Wow. She's like, real cheerleading is you throw people in the air. Yeah. And I, I went to her practices and I went to like and stuff and I and I, I actually I saw a lot of that That's shit. That's fascinating. So I, yeah. I forgot that I watched professional so cheerleading you were, with my mom. So you were already a couple levels into cheerleading when yeah. you saw this. Yeah. I and, completely blew. I can't I can't believe I forgot that. I mean, for me, I always suspected that cheerleading is, I mean, like growing up, people always had the stupid debate like, is cheerleading a real sport? It is. Is dance a real sport? And I was always like, I refuse to even engage in something so stupid right um because people i was a runner and people were always like is running really a sport like yes, yes it is it obviously. is like also who cares about this designation um but anyway so it was like an argument i never cared about like i i i knew i suspected that cheerleading was way harder than i thought 
But I had no idea the level that there's cheerleading on the sidelines and then there's the competition element. Yes. That's pretty split. And you do both. And you do both. So it's like you're kind of doing two, like a, a sport and a half, for better, for worse, such as the girl with five concussions. God, okay. That's a whole hand of concussions. When, when you say, how many concussions have you had? I would hold up a, a zero hand and she would go, this many. Oh, I've had two and they were both from being on a swing. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you fall off the swing? I just fall off the swing. Because oh. uh, uh, do you know how like every now and again I'll be like, uh, LOL, I had ADHD and nobody like noticed. I would forget that I was on the swing because I was so deep in my own <laughs> my own imagination and I would just fall off. Oh, my heart. Isn't that adorable? That is so cute. Imagine like six-year-old Trin just being like, I'm thinking you about were, were thinking having were... a sword and then just like fall. Oh, <laughs> you like forgot to hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to hold you. Your mind was on other things. I was thinking, uh, usually I think about having a sword. That's usually. That's usually what it like is. Like at any given moment, Trin's, that's what Trin's, if Trin's quiet for a couple minutes, she's thinking about having a sword. If, if I'm quiet for longer than 10 seconds, not only am I thinking about a sword, I'm thinking about dying with my sword in my hand with the evil king on my tail. Oh, you know? so like you've got like just, a whole epic, fan, yeah. Oh, yeah, high fantasy. You know That's me. amazing. You know how it goes. My college roommate got a concussion, one of many concussions not this way but she's just got a lot of concussions she flew off her skateboard <laughs> and it was one of the funniest things i've ever seen and then we were all really scared because she was acting concussed all oh, week yeah. like, like hey why are you going to bed at 7 p.m because you're sleepy yeah because i don't feel good and like <laughs> we would like say something or make a joke and then she would like wait a little bit and then <laughs> laugh and be like you okay she's like no uh, she's ha, ha, ha. like oh you you don't feel well <laughs> i uh you know there's a lot of focus on concussion in um in football obviously oh, yeah. which fuck fuck football that's another sport where i'm just like i don't know if humans should do this like 100 percent, they should not if you need all of that padding and you're still getting so injured in your brain that it's making your brain do things you don't want it to do like maybe human beings shouldn't be doing yes yeah, i completely agree my uh my husband and i want to we think we want to have kids someday and we have no plans or understanding of what it means to have a kid but the only thing we've, we're agreed on and we know is that our children are not playing football. Jen, I'm just picturing a baby Jen John. Well, here's the thing. They're probably not going to be athletes. So, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so the reason why I agree with you is not because... Not worried about, about that. They're not going to be jocks. As you may well know, my parents met being athletes together. They oh, met, I didn't know that. My dad saw my mom across the volleyball court. And was like, I'm going to marry that girl one day. Wow. When they were 12 and 13. No. <laughs> yeah, did Jen not tell you That's incredible. Story? So when I was like 17, I was like, well, I'm never getting married. I haven't met my soulmate yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll fuck you up. Yeah, I'm all fucked up. Anyway, so uh, my parents were both jocks and tried to get us into sports. It was a lot less that they wanted us to get into sports because they thought we would enjoy it and more like that you kids need something to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, you need an activity. And as you well know, my brother and I are, are well-known sports failures. And we you just, were a swimmer. I was a sports failure, though. I was just like, well, OK, so what, I say sports failure in the most loving terms possible because yeah. it was just like it was very obvious that this was not my vibe. Yeah, totally. You know? I was uh, a music failure. So because I was like second place. That sounds great. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm so thrilled. Yeah. With this. <laughs> like backstroke. That, that's that great. is an accomplishment. Yeah. But so so uh, what I'm saying is if my parents pure genetics of athleticism could not make not even one jack child, <laughs> but two. They had two chances at it. They had two weird music nerds. And like they, they could not be further from weird music nerds. My dad was a wrestler. Like Jen. Uh, I mean, your, your mom was PE, as you said. Jen, 
you're going to have a baby Trin. A baby Trin. I should be so lucky as to have a child like Trin. Oh, my God. Jen. Okay, so this is the truth. There are maybe four couples in the world whose baby I would treat like literally my own. (laughs) And like, I just want to teach your baby Trin how to plants. That would be amazing. Don't get excited. It's not going to be for a while. Okay, we'll we'll talk about this later. (laughs) But uh, I would like an estimate that I could put in my Google calendar for when I can. That's that's fair. I mean, I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you extremely updated. Thank (laughs) you. I love, like, like, ever since Carlin had her child, I just love my friend's kids. Oh, yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of shitty takes on Twitter and on the internet of, like, it's so selfish to have your own baby and, like, uh, you just want it to look like you or whatever. (laughs) Which I yeah. think is so fucking gross. And let me, t- can I talk about this? Yeah, please. That's fucking eco-fascism. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I, Trin, I've seen this take. It's like, it's irresponsible to the environment. Our planet is dying. You shouldn't have kids. That's where people are coming from, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, but they're also coming from the fact that people's kids are what is making the planet die, which is not true. There's this incredible Tumblr post that is stuck in my brain. Uh, it's, this, it's this like MS Paint picture of like a dinosaur. And, the, and it says um, the planet can support billions, not billionaires, which is fo- so true. Oh, it's, that's yeah. That's, it's that's the great. distribution of resources. It's the way that our planet is set up. I would like to believe that there is a future for mankind. And the only way that that will happen is if there are good people who are, are ready to go. Right. You know, so I support babies and baby having. And let me just say this. If you're mad at people for having babies, how unbelievably fucked up is it to be angry at somebody for fulfilling a biological directive? You know, like we fucked the planet so hard that you think that the one of the main Things that our bodies can do is an incorrect thing to do. Yeah, that is a... Isn't that garbage? That's really garbage. And I would encourage that person to Google how much money Jeff Bezos makes a minute. Yeah. Which is about $3,000 a minute. Which is like, the amount of power that person has is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, billionaires, they're hoarding wealth. And I don't even want to call them like dragons because dragons are cool and you don't deserve that title. You're hoarding, Jen, I love you. you're hoarding wealth and it's immoral. I mean, I think about like the shitty people who just like are in my orbit who have enough like power and money to just do shitty things and they're not billionaires. Yeah. Imagine, imagine what a billionaire can get. Imagine a Coke brother. Yeah. I mean, they have so much money that they couldn't possibly spend it in 10 lifetimes. Can you fathom that? Like my brain breaks when I think about any number over 100. (laughs) Anytime I have a little bit of extra money, I buy plants, first of all. But also, there's a place for that to go. Like, it's not like I'm hoarding it or even like... Who's the money for? Like, are they... Is it for like their grandchildren's children, children, children? Well, they're not going to... The planet's going to be dead by then anyway, so... There is an excellent Star Trek uh, Next Gen episode that I don't fully remember, so I may butcher this. But the gist of it was that in the Star Trek universe, you know, there's no point of money because we can replicate anything. You know, like energy equals matter. So like if you need to eat, we can make that happen and whatever. It's a much brighter future than that of the Expanse, which I can talk about another time. But they find a dude who is like frozen for like a couple hundred years and he cannot like resettle into the new economy. He's like, it's not about what I can buy. It's about how much power and what I can do with the money. Wow. And I definitely think that's why people keep money. It's not it's not about like having it or spending it or having things. It's about like I I want that I want to be able to do shit with it. That's that's a I want to buy people and opinions. It's the ability to buy opinions, to buy votes, to own labor. Speaking of money and power. Oh yeah. We have an episode. I forgot I forgot we're doing an episode. Jen, I don't know whose turn it is. Um I'll I'll go. 
I'll take, I'll, I'll take, take it. it. I'll take it. Yeah, take one for the team. I'll babe. take the wheel. Yeah. Hi, Jen and Trin. Hello. From deep in the trenches of first world problems, dot, dot, dot. I work in an office with a subsidized massage program, and I take advantage of it often. I always see the same therapist, and she and I have become friends. We even started taking a Tai Chi class together. Unfortunately, this means that my massage sessions have become an opportunity for her to let off steam in the middle of the workday, and she often forgets to do the actual massage. Normally, my non-confrontational self would just switch to another therapist for massage and keep spending time with my friend, but she's the only therapist on staff right now. Should I give up on ever getting another massage, or is there some way to compartmentalize? I always have a problem with that word. Our professional interactions. Thanks, she, her. Let's, as we always do, knock a few things off the bat. First of all, first world problems. So this, yeah, I guess it's a first world problem in the sense that like usually in, in other like less economically developed places, there are not subsidized massage programs. But here's the thing. Everybody in every economic status has weird social issues. And, and yeah, I get I'm not I'm just saying don't say first world problems. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 But we're just we're not getting off on the wrong foot or anything. Just like, you know, just so you know. Two, I think it's important to note she does not forget to do the massage. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to imagine how how that would even happen. Because, like, you're entering, uh, I assume, a specific room in the office. The door is closed. There's one of those massage chairs you, like, lay on. I mean, it's in an office, so it's probably not a, it's probably an over-the-clothes massage. Right. I doubt it's a full, like, under-the-sheet thing. You're in the room where the massage should happen, yes? Yes. So let's consider the fact that she is not forgetting to do the massage. She's just doing something else. Are there reasons why she might feel like it's okay for you two to hang out while your company pays for a massage? Have you said anything like, it's so nice to hang out with you in the middle of the day? Yeah. Or do you walk in and not immediately get in the massage chair? Do you sit on the couch instead? So we're not saying this is like, oh, it's all your fault. No, we're trying to figure out what the circumstances are here because she's a professional who's being paid by a company to give massages all day or whatever in the middle of the day. I don't think she's forgetting to do her job. I think what's actually happening is that the two of you have set up a situation in which she feels very comfortable not doing the massage. Yeah. So don't come at it from an angle of she doesn't know what to do. It's the two of you created a problem. Yeah, together. <laughs> together. Your friendship is a problem. Do friendship at the problem. The problem it- is your friendship. <laughs> so, uh, so funny. So should we get into that I asked my massage therapist friend? Yes. Yeah. So Trin and I got this question a couple weeks ago. And then I sent the question to my friend who is a professional massage therapist. And she does do office massages. She does. This program is very familiar to her. And she... um I think I'm just going to like read her, read her quote do. directly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. She so did she, such a good she job. She sent me some, some long text back, very thoughtful, and I was really grateful. She says, it's up to the massage therapist to set boundaries to maintain a therapist-client relationship. Massage is very intimate, so people will often feel super close to you, but you have to acknowledge this bias and keep the relationship to that. The school of thought is basically if you're going to have a relationship outside of therapist-client, you should drop them as a client because any other relationship tends to make the therapist-client one murky, as this one has. thought that was so interesting. Um, Because I actually have gotten a massage from this friend before, but it was one of those shoulder over the clothes, very, um, very relaxed situation. But if I want like the deep cupping massage where I like feel like a mess afterwards, I usually pay someone else for that. She also said, if they're going to continue to have a dual relationship, which I do not recommend, they should try to compartmentalize, there's that word again, the relationship or start seeing another therapist. One of the main reasons you're taught to avoid dual relationships is because it can result in you losing a client case in point. Does feel super cold and impersonal in theory, but is the neatest way to do things in practice. 
I like that. I think that both people in this situation have responsibility. I, I love that Riley was like, this is unprofessional, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, she came at it as a professional, as your expectations. I'm just so impressed with her and how like deeply she cares. And I know she sees people when they're not well. Yeah. And like someone, you, if I'm getting massaged, it's because I'm like creaky from the gym. But when she gives people massages, it's often because they're uh, undergoing chemo or they yeah. had a very rough day, or they're a person with a disability. Like she really cares deeply and she understands that the physical touch makes it a very intimate relationship. And she, she's like, often people will have tears after the massage just because it's like a release of emotions and tension and stuff. And she's also 100% a professional. And I lived with Riley. She's my roommate for a couple of years. So our relationship is not professional. Right, right, It's right. about as unprofessional as it gets. We have seen each other in weird situations. <laughs> like we went to college together. We have a weird, deep and beautiful and ugly past. <laughs> um, so like I know how professional she is. And I remember when she first got her job, she started doing massages in my office because I hired her to do that for other people here. And I asked her one time, I was like, so like who farts during the massage? And she's like, I'm not telling you that. I love that. And I was like, that's a good move. You should not tell me who farts during the massage. Maybe test this relationship and ask your massage friend <laughs> who, so who, who farted. Fart, which of my coworkers farted? Oh, man. So uh, we definitely have hit the point of no return, though, for this friendship. Like it, once they started doing Tai Chi together, they were friends. They're friends. Yeah. And regardless of how good Riley's advice is, because it's incredible. Yeah. Um, we've already not done that. I think so. Because yeah. Riley's last piece of advice said, I would advise the asker to be explicit about her massage needs since she doesn't really have any other options. Just correct the behavior and move on. Like, that is an option. I don't know. It might be too late for that. So, Jen, this reminds me of this article that I read one time. I think it was in, like, Cosmo or some, like, Ooh. sex magazine or whatever. <laughs> but it was advice for a woman who had been faking her orgasms, like, her whole life. And, like, oh, no. Yeah. And, ah. like, for, like, 10 years with, with her husband or whatever. I promise this is going to come together. <laughs> Ten years. I know, a really long time. She must be, that's a hell of a performance. That's a really long time. And it's also like, it's not her fault because... Oh, no. I mean, there's many societal reasons why why that's... I mean, she's not the person, first person to invent that idea. Right, to invent faking an <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. Um, but she did not set up the world in which her husband expects her to orgasm from penetrative sex. You know, her husband expects her to have an orgasm within like three minutes of sex or whatever. That's not... That was his expectation from like the world and she fed into it. First, the, the advice was really uh, empathetic to everybody in the situation. Because the husband obviously doesn't want her to fake orgasms and she and the wife doesn't want to have this performance during sex or whatever. So the first thing that she said was it's time to reset expectations. So it was like, we're going to go into sex completely differently. We're going to say like, honey, you know, I've been really stressed out. I've been really depressed. It's been very difficult for me. Can we really just focus on like this and this today? And then just and slowly do that for a while until you figure out the right groove of what he should be doing you or you should be doing to yourself while you guys are together. That is great advice. So the advice and it sounds like it was here's how to gracefully redirect this exactly into something that works for you. It wasn't blurt out all the problems. You've never made me come. I mean, whoa, that is 10 years. That's a really long That's time. That's a really long time. That would like. I assume, undo someone's reality. And so and that's another thing of like even saying that is like it's also he would take that information incorrectly mm -hmm. because it's not like 10 years of like I've not enjoyed sex. Yeah. Because you can enjoy it and not have an Very orgasm. Very enjoyable without 
without the finish line or whatever right. whatever we want to describe it as. And I think that that's true of massage as, <laughs> as well. It's like you have been getting something from this person that's not quite what you want from them. Yeah. So which is exactly what this is. So we're going to reframe this. We're going to go into massage and we're going to say Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, my God. I had such a rough day. Can you like really focus on my shoulders? And also, I feel I can't I can't tell you how tired I am. I just need to like zone for like 10 minutes. 10. Can can you tell me about your about your day? Like and then we'll go into this or something. Yeah, I think that's a good move of as soon as you enter the massage room or whatever, set expectations. Yeah. As much as best as you can as like, hey, um, my my shoulders are really tight. Yeah. Or um, do you think you could help me out with this? That kind of thing. So you're not immediately having just a social hangout time. Yeah. Or even saying like, oh, my God, like, it sucks that we only have 15 minutes together right now. Um, let's catch up during Tai Chi right now. I just I got to tell you, dude, like I really need your magic hands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, phrase it as a compliment. They're obviously good at their job. Yeah. Like, hey, can you I really could use your help on this. Yes. And that's the way that the orgasm was phrased. It's like, yeah. I need you to like really get in there. <laughs> yeah. I need you to get around and do some small circles. Yeah, I need you to do the alphabet. <laughs> do the alphabet. Jen, spell your name. Yeah, over yeah. and over and over, over and, and over, over again. You have a long name. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so this is a far-reaching issue. Mixing business with pleasure, I suppose, or missing, mixing business with your personal life. You know, I'm very good friends with the woman who cut my hair. That's how I met her. And, like, my, our husbands are friends now and, like, everything. And, That's really sweet. And it's really great. Because uh, she does a great job doing my hair. Like she doesn't, she's not neglecting me. And like I'll even come in and sometimes and be like, I look like a mess. Please fix me with your magic hands. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's okay. It has been okay because we maintain the professionalism of our relationship. So, for example, one thing I said to Jen was like, one benefit of being friends with my hairdresser is in early December, I got my hair cut and I completely forgot that Christmas was coming up. And that for the holidays, for the winter holidays, it is tradition to give your uh, regular service provider an extra tip. And for hair, especially in an urban city where like things are expensive, it is customary to tip a full haircut amount. And I just forgot because I'm an idiot. Uh, and so I, because we're friends, though, I was I just put together a nice holiday card for her with some money in it. You know, it wasn't weird. Yeah, you just did it a little late. And to be honest, I'm one of those people that is so uh, gets so fucked up over my social fuck ups that I would just switch hairdressers if I didn't know her personally. Oh, I would just be like, I'm so fucking embarrassed that I forgot to do this that I'm just going to never see you again. <laughs> what we're saying is that there are ways where you can be friends with this person, but you have to keep the professional aspects of this in mind. We put together a list of like being friends with service providers. Jen, you have a friend who's bar trivia boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got a couple. Yeah. So we go to a bar trivia every week. I think I've mentioned before that it's it's a uh, it's I, I don't throw this word around lightly an obsession. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty we're, we're in deep now. And that means we see the same bartender and the same servers pretty much every week. And we are a good trivia team, which means we win cash every time. Ooh. And we usually just give it right to the servers. We give them an, like a or and right to our bartender. And in turn, they are extremely nice to us and we're extremely nice to them. And when I ask for a glass of wine, the pour I get oh, yeah. will knock you over. I bet. Yeah. So like I get it's I, I never it's not an expectation that that happens. In fact, every time I, I order wine and forget and I get the pour arrives at my table. Everyone's always like, whoa, <laughs> it is shocking. I'll take a picture next time it happens. But the point is, we see these people every week. 
they take care of us and they are now our friends. Like we stopped in one time to have a drink with just the bartender because he'd recently gotten engaged and he gave us a free shot, but we still left a tip. Right. Like you should never expect a discount. I will never expect a huge glass of wine every time. Right. So there's certain etiquette you have to keep in mind. Yeah. uh, Asker, I think, is doing totally fine with this. Like the money aspect doesn't seem to be an issue. We want to branch this out a little bit because we feel like the asker's question is kind of straightforward. Like, I think you just have to reassess how you're coming into that relationship. Yeah. But when you're friends with other service providers, I think it's important to con- you have to continue treating it like a professional relationship. No yeah. Matter yeah. Don't you you never want to inadvertently take advantage of their service. And, you know, there's many situations when your friends might also be the service provider. Like you mentioned, haircut, maybe uh dog walker or maybe have a friend who's a designer or photographer that kind of thing yeah yeah it's uh, i'm just thinking about how much easier my relationship is with my buddy than this asker is because when you're getting a haircut like i like obviously like she focuses because she's yeah. incredible what she does or whatever but like we can have like a pretty in-depth conversation about our mom issues over 45 minutes and it's wonderful and like it is i'm not there to relax yeah that's a good point you're not there to get like your muscles beat up. Right. I think um, re- reestablishing that this 15 minutes in the middle of the day is for you. I think it's su- it sucks, but it's the truth. She's being paid for this time that you have and you are not. I mean, like you're at work or whatever, but like the massage time is for you. It's she you are not being paid as her her buddy or her therapist or something like that. Yeah. Because didn't they, they also mentioned become an opportunity for her to let off steam in the middle of the workday. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, that's kind of your opportunity to let off steam in the workday. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think resetting expectations is going to be the way to be. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to say, can I get a really, can I get a massage today? Like, or maybe that sounds sarcastic. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get a massage today? (laughs) Maybe. Can you do your job? Don't do that. But do come in calmly, level-headedly, politely say, can we work on my shoulders today? Say the word we. Right, right. Like, hey, oh, hey, Julie. Oh, my God, my feet. Like, I, (laughs) you know, like, like, oh, I just like I'm so creaky. I put on deodorant so you can you can rub my back and it won't be weird. I brought in (laughs) baby wipes to wipe down my feet before I came in because I love you so much. (laughs) The one time Riley did uh, a massage for me was my feet. And I I did. I brought in extra socks. That's really kind of you. Well, it's not. So here's the thing. Riley was like, I don't care what's at your feet or a massage therapist. And I was like. It's not for you. Yeah. This is for me. I care. It's like I never shave my legs unless I'm getting a pedicure. (laughs) Yeah. It's like this is this is for my comfort. So I don't I just why? I remember when I was young enough to care about what shape my lower body hair was in before I went to the gynecologist. Oh yeah, no, I don't care. I might might clean things up a little, but it's but it's for me it's you're you've seen worse yeah yeah you've seen gooey weird things yeah one one thing i always comfort myself with is you've definitely seen weirder yeah yeah like you've seen like somebody with two vaginas yeah oh cool yeah that's pretty cool each other (laughs) just chilling (laughs) how would that work you know the meme that's like if a dog wore a pair of jeans would it wear it like this or like this this is like if you had two vaginas where would they go where would the second one go (laughs) we just want you to be aware of the kind of jobs that you're asking your friends to do. Yeah. Like literally jobs. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that this Asgar has necessarily done anything wrong. You did not, you were not wrong to make a friend 
And I think that branching out and doing like Tai Chi together is fantastic. It's just a matter of being like these 15 minutes that we're together, you're my massage therapist and I need these 15 minutes. And this is and this is why. And then now we're outside of the massage room. So we're friends and we're being we're doing Tai Chi and texting and all this. I mean, another solution, another way to handle this might be like massage now. But before you leave the office, come say hi to me and we'll take a a coffee break together and hang out. And I want to hear about your day. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I hate this. I hate doing this, but I'm going to say it again. Reassess some of the nice things that you've said to your friend. So if you have said something like, oh, it's so nice to have these 15 minutes to let off steam together, or gosh, it's just so nice that I can't believe my company pays you for us to just hang out for 15 minutes. Like saying things like that will, will obviously make her feel really good and will obviously further your relationship because she understands that you value her as herself and her time. But it is not how you get a massage. Exactly. I mean, sometimes when people get massages from Riley, they throw on a different shirt. We don't have a like a work dress policy here, but some people would rather get a massage in like a looser, comfier shirt. So if you do that, you're kind of signaling like massage time. I changed clothes for these 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, um, so what kind of because I, I don't get massages. I yeah. don't really like when people touch me. Um, but what kind of like loose like if she t- she took this advice should she get like a like baggy t-shirt like yeah what do i mean whatever do? you feel comfortable in um i just get them like over my regular work clothes because it doesn't really bother me but i do bring deodorant to the office because i'm like it's a little, a little hot in this room so i'll just spray up my desk yeah like, yeah yeah i don't like, know hey friends smell me yeah. i smell good for you <laughs> yeah i just think it's time to it's time to signal a little bit more that you're there for a massage and you can drop hints and you can be clear at the same time you can say things like i'm doing this and this later and it would really help if I got a massage first or I've been leaning over my computer all day I would love it if you could I um I I know often that askers want the situation to not be awkward they want there to be a a way out of this where they don't have these conversations and these confrontations like you don't want us to tell you hey you need to talk to your friend about this i know because you know that's the answer you You just don't want it to be and i don't blame you and you also probably need some words and since we're outside of this is a little easier for us but the solution no matter what is going to be you talking to this friend yep unless of course you don't want massages from her in the middle of the day which it seems like you do yeah it's either politely say something in whatever way you want or make the firm decision to yourself that this is I'm not getting massages from this friend. I'm not getting workday massages anymore. It yeah. didn't work out. And that sucks. But also, what a sweet reason to not get a massage. Oh, right. oops, you made friends. <laughs> oops, I love you too much. Yep. Oops, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also feel like there are ways for this to go wrong. There are ways that you can signal that like, oh, our relationship is, is I, you're just your magic hands to me. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that you'll do that. You've already proven to this friend that you care about her outside of this context. You have a new context to hang out inside of. I think that you have hard evidence. If for some reason it strikes a nerve with the massage therapist for you to say, actually, could you please like really go to town on me or whatever? If it strikes a nerve with her, you have hard evidence. You can say, like, it is very clear that I like you otherwise. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can say, I like you so much that it's making the massages a problem. <laughs> I like you so much that this was this was actually, I mean, like, it depends on how close you are. Right. But if this were me and you, I would be like, Jen, I have a problem. I like you so much that it's making massages difficult. Yeah. Trin, Trin and I have this problem where we start talking and then we never record our show. Yes. Yeah. And we have to say 
like five times, like we have to save some of this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like we could have kept talking and talking, but at some point it's like we we did come in the office today to, we did come in the studio today to, to do the show. To record. <laughs> yeah. And so we need to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point you have to focus up a little. Here's another idea. Let me know what you think of this idea, Trin. Have you ever tipped this person before? Because yeah. the office, like the company is probably handling the tip, mm-hmm. but maybe it's time you tip. Not for the conversation you're having, not for the hangout, but like maybe tip after the massage that you're eventually going to get. Hopefully, like that's kind of signaling. Remember the professionalism, like you're flashing back to the it is an exchange of goods, right? You're kind of flashing back to that. Yeah, I would say like see what the situation is with payment. See if other people are tipping outside. And I think this would be a really good way to cap off the first. Hey, I really need you to massage me. And then you like give her a Venmo of like five bucks or whatever yeah. it is and just be like for the magic hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like keep reinforcing that those 15 minutes are the massage time. Those 15 minutes are for capitalism. <sighs> hanging, yeah. out, hanging out in uh, any other time is for friendship. Yeah. Say that's capitalism time, but every other minute of the day is for anti-capitalism. Yes. Absolutely. I think that was fine. Yeah. You're going to be OK. You also seem like a thoughtful person who i mean what a lovely mistake you made by making friends i know right <laughs> this has been friendshiping with jen and trin please send us your questions we could use some questions to answer friendshiping podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at do friendship at trin and tonic at jen dangerous thank you to ian parman for editing thank you to alex cox for making the studio work thank you to lauren gallagher for designing thank you to monica verma for being our agent thank you to molly lewis for singing our theme song thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem.